This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Jolly Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, or I'm supposed to say in caverns deep below the metro area. <laughs> it's THN, cover to cover, for Saturday, October 2nd, and my name is Matt Baum. My name is the Internet's Joe Patrick, and here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and on Zoom. To wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week live with our cavernous listeners. I don't know if that's the right way. Yeah, I don't think by that adjective. Yeah. That almost mm. sounds rude. <laughs> Some of them might be. Some of them might be. You know who you are. I guess. Joe's right, though. This is a live show and we need you to play along. So please jump into our Zoom. You can find that link at the top of our live stream on the Faces book, or you can call us at 402 819 4894 or you can click our Facebook call now button, or you can just chat with us right there on Facebook live. We love it when you chat with us and we will talk to you and tell people what you're chatting and saying. It's a fun time. If you can't call in live, that's okay too. You can leave a message or send an MP3 to two headed nerd at gmail.com. But before we get this ball rolling, Joe Patrick, we need to reset some of this week's nerd news. Nerd news. Uh, all right. So just uh, to get a spoiler warning out of the way at the top here, um, expect conversations. They might not happen, but be prepared for conversations about Doom Patrol season three, why the last man and Venom Two: colon red venom, uh, which apparently hit theaters this week. And I didn't even know it was yeah, going to happen. It quietly exploded into the, <laughs> uh, now we are, we are not going to do spoilers for those first three because, uh, they just started, uh, literally like Venom two is literally a day old. Um, but also we'll be talking about Titan season three, per- perhaps star girl season two and the most recent episode of what if almost certainly, um, oh, yeah. and there will definitely be spoilers about that. Um, but in comic book news, uh, Kelly Thompson, Black Widow and Captain Marvel writer Kelly Thompson is the latest writer to jump to Substack. Uh, but she's also getting some creator owned stuff going with Image. Um, her first Substack comic will be called Black Cloak with co creator and artist Meredith McLaren. Uh, I, I do like Meredith McLaren. Um, they previously worked together on the OGN heart in a box. If you've not read that, uh, Kelly Sue or not Kelly Sue, sorry, different Kelly. Uh, Kelly Thompson says, "Quote: Black Cloak is our first comic to launch on Substack. Uh, it's a classic hard-boiled detective story set in a futuristic fantasy world where the technology, quote unquote, is magic-based. That's fun. And the world is full of fantasy characters that don't always get along and all have motives for Moida. So correct me if uh, I'm wrong. They're going to preview this stuff show the process and whatnot on substack but then the actual comic will come out from image correct yes uh you are correct Uh, and similar to what other creators have said uh um i know that snyder's are well snyder's are not substack actually that's just a deal with dark horse yeah but um 
Thompson's uh, comics will debut on Substack and then see print uh, through Image Comics. And like um, Tinian's doing the same thing, right? With his, like, yeah, you'll get the yeah, digital yeah, version exactly. on Substack and then the floppy comes out somewhere else. Because they're not a yep. printer. I mean, obviously. No, no. So, I mean, Substack is exactly what we've said in the past. Yeah. It is a newsletter platform. Yeah. And uh, so, I like, people are making jokes about, like, having to read comics in their email browser. It's like, that's not... Dude, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be course. like a PDF attachment or something. Yeah. Um, and you'll, so you'll read it like any digital comic. Um, but um, I, I presume, I'm presuming maybe Substack's going to come out with some like proprietary way of reading it. I don't know. I doubt it. I, I don't think they I have also any. doubt it. They're just trying um, to get eyes on their platform and this is a good way to do it. I mean, like you they're know, going after novelists and stuff too. Like Salman Rushdie sure, signed right. a major yeah. deal. So I it's going to be Palinia stuff that you can, too. it's going to be something that you can import into an e-reader of some right. kind. Um, Tell me about this Batman comedy. <laughs> well, hold on. Now, Thompson also has another project in 2022 called The Cull, co-created and drawn by uh, Matea de e. Lewis, who we have talked about before. They worked on the digital first Jessica Jones. It was great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that was really good. Thompson says The Cull is a sci-fi fantasy adventure. Sounds just like the last one she said. Well, uh, that was magic, mention. though, dude. Also, also, it's futuristic. Yeah, come on, um, But this one follows a group of high school friends who venture into a forbidden... Oh, pardon me. Uh, a group of high school friends who venture to a forbidden local rock to make a short film only to find themselves in another world. So it's like, and when they return home, everything has changed and it's been years, not days. Oh man. So it's like the Velisca, you know, murder ax house or whatever, or the black angel. But when they come back, yeah, like a, like a local fork, fork, folklore, folklore, local folklore, welcome to folklore podcast. So, you know, congrats to, Congrats to Kelly Sue. You might have your own feelings about Substack, but I she's think it's good paid. for her that she's getting paid and yep. she's uh, she's getting her creator owned uh, game back after some time at Marvel. Right. And that's good to see. It's great. And she's not leaving Marvel, so everybody can just settle down. Tell about me about that. this stupid Batman comedy. What is this? I okay, even... so did you know that? Did you even know that there was a Batman comedy podcast? No. Is it like me a, neither. Is it a DC thing? Oh yeah, it says uh, it's an HBO Max original, Batman: The Audio Adventures. I had no clue this existed. I had no idea. Me neither. But I'll tell I, you one thing that has been missing in my life: a funny Batman. You know, I was like, come on, where's my funny Batman? <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, so uh, apparently, the audio podcast is is already underway, um, and we are getting a spinoff comic book called Batman: The Audio Adventures Special, which will be a prequel. To the uh, what Newsarama is calling it, the popular superhero comedy. I mean, it is probably popular. How could it be popular if we don't know about it? I mean, like yeah, yeah, right, we're exactly. not saying that. It's just like I, I haven't seen it like pumped up. On, like I follow DC on Twitter. Like I, I literally never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. like I would uh, think it, they would be somewhere like Instagram, Twitter, something. Uh, maybe. You know what? I actually I take that back. I did hear. Uh, I did see an announcement of a voice cast for a Batman audio drama. I thought it was an audio drama. I do. We talked about that, but I thought, yeah, I thought it was like um, a Wolverine podcast where they were serious. But right, yeah, but like, but uh, the cast includes uh, Paul Shear, Bobby Moynihan, uh, like so, like clearly comedy. Funny people, they're funny people. Sure, will that translate to comics? We'll see. Well, you know what? That Wolverine, the Long Night comic book, 
was good. I'm not saying it wasn't. The story was good too, but it wasn't a comedy. And I think you're when right. you try yeah. and take a comedy podcast, like we, we talked about, you know, uh, the, uh, what was the, oh, I'm drawing a complete blank. It was like the podcast that you loved with Acker and Blacker and- Oh yeah, like Thrilling Adventure Hour, right, and, which is a uh, great podcast. And they brought yeah. comics, and it was, uh, it, you know, it's just you're missing something. You're missing Adap- that like, voice. Uh, like uh, adapting podcasts is kind of a weird thing. Yeah, and it, um, it's one thing if it's a dramatic story about Wolverine. Yeah, we do that every month. I get it. Yeah, well, and that and that is like, uh, but again, like this, um, I, I I I see what you're. To- I totally see what you're saying. It's the same type of animal, like Beyond Belief and a Thrilling Adventure Hour, um, or Thrilling Adventure Hour is kind of the blanket. But um, like they are scripted audio plays, like yeah. radio plays, right? And so it's no different than the Wolverine podcast, um, or even this Batman podcast. It's just that the Wolverine podcast, I feel like it lent itself much better because it was just a story about Wolverine, not about like exactly. Hey, Here's Bobby Moynihan as Wolverine. Right. It's like Wolverine Babies, the podcast. They're going right, to make yeah, a Wolverine it's... Babies cartoon and a comic book and whatever. So, I mean, we'll, we will see. Uh, I haven't listened to the podcast, but, um, you know, we'll see. Mm. Uh, let's just skip this Todd McFarlane story. Yeah, screw Todd McFarlane. I'm sick of listening to him. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, it's not really. It was really just like it's a slow news week. Let's right. see what bullshit Todd's spotting now. Um, the big news of the week is that Scarlett Johansson and Disney have surprise, surprise, buried the hatchet um, with a very what I assume is a very large settlement um, over her Black Widow lawsuit. Um, there is a lot. There are a lot of numbers being tossed around. Uh, th- we we know that uh, Disney paid Johansson twenty million dollars to star in Black Widow, which uh, was they said was kind of a dick move that they outed her salary. Um, but now uh, we also know that the settlement could have been upwards of forty million. Uh, but we do not know whether that includes the initial 20 or if it's on top of the initial 20, like there's a bunch of funny math going on here. Yeah. And they're not going to tell us. I mean, obviously, I mean, regardless, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, made big old bucks off of this fight with Disney, uh, which of course we all saw coming, right? Um, like they are invested in keeping, uh, one of the key players in the formation of the MCU happy. Sure. Uh, whether they want to bring her back or not, uh, you know, she's probably going to do other Disney projects. She had like four films in the pipeline with Disney, like two of which she's producing. So they were, they were going to pay her one way or another. Yeah. And, and like, like speaking it, to some lawyer buddies, they were like, there's no way lawyers were involved with this because it wouldn't have gotten done this fast. So it sure seems like Disney was dragging their feet. A lawyer put out a statement. Disney put out a statement, and it was just like "fuck you, pain." Yeah, it's like you know, you know, it's like um, it's like when you move out, right? You move out of your apartment or the house that you're renting, and you do your best to clean that shit up. And the landlord, and you know full well that the landlord is going to replace the carpet and paint the walls right before the new tenant moves in. That's what they do. But they go, there's a nail hole in the wall. So you lost your deposit and you get a letter saying, we're not giving you back your deposit or we're taking out a chunk of your deposit due to carpet cleaning. And it's like, ho, 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 ho. You are already covering that shit. Right. And you have to have your lawyer friend send a note. Right. That's all this was. Right. (laughs) And uh, uh, yeah. And so like black widow, um, 
During the grips of a global pandemic, Black Widow earned $379 million at the worldwide box office. Total failure. Failure. Um, it also failed. It also, <laughs> It earned an estimated, as of uh, as of something D, uh, Disney put out on July 11th, uh, it earned an additional $60 million via Disney Plus Premier Access, um, putting it over the $400 million mark. And um, again, not like standard Marvel blockbuster numbers. However, people aren't going to th- weren't going to theaters. Right. And it still made over $400 million and it was over a year late. And uh, the idea that Scarlett Johansson's case uh, basically hinged on the notion that Disney should have held the movie potentially forever until the pandemic was gone is ludicrous. Well, <laughs> what, they're like, both what's ludicrous. Disney gonna do? <laughs> and what looks even worse is uh, just a couple months later they put out Shang Chi in theaters only. So mm, you know, no, it's yeah, it's true. That and looks bad. They <laughs> so. all, they also uh, like they treated they they were treating Shang Chi a uh, Shang Chi, pardon me, as a like a test, a proof of concept, right? Where it's like we think theaters are back and we are going to prove it, and Shang Chi delivered. Yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that says, uh, I think that might say more about, uh, how people are treating the pandemic than anything else, but, right. um, uh, regardless, like Disney knows now that they can put movies out and, uh, the people that want to stay home are puni- are being punished for it. I am morbidly but, curious to see what Venom does this weekend, because it, like yes, you said, when we mentioned too. it, it sure seemed like this squeaked in all of a sudden this week, I was like, Oh God, Venom comes out this week. You know, right. Yeah, really? like, uh, right. Like, um, I knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. Right. But yeah, it was like, oh yeah, but Venom comes out on Friday. There's like, not, wait. not a lot of hubbub is all I'm saying. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that's all the news that's fit to uh, print, I guess. That's not really a say- statement people say anymore. No, nah, it really isn't. But let's get into it. We want to talk to you kids before we do. Joe Patrick, reset this stupid question of the week, will you? It's not stupid. It's, it's not a great stupid. Question. It's a good one. I like this one. Yeah. Uh, the question of the week was submitted by Scott Evil in the vein of Sin's past becoming continuity past. What are your favorite and least favorite retcons? Uh, he is sticking with Spider-Man by saying he loves Brand New Day. He'll defend it at length, but the stuff with the spider totem is just nonsense. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And we decided bonus points if it's a retcon to a retcon. Oh, yeah. If it's a re-retcon, like yep. uh, like uh, what Nick Spencer just did. Which was called a ret-retcon. <laughs> Yeah, a ret retcon. I a like ret that. Retcon. JD got a catch. Get in here, man. A, a ret a ret retcon or a retcon con? Would, be, would that be a Brett Ratner retcon? <laughs> a Brett Ratner a Brett Ratner con. <laughs> I love it. What do you got for us, JD? Uh, let's see. I missed last week, so just wanted to. I I didn't feel bad about missing last week because I don't have a whole lot to talk about the new Fifty Two as I'm kind of not DC, but I will say my biggest disappointment with the new Fifty Two was. I saw it as my opportunity to join the new join DC to come in. Yeah. And it just left me cold. Well, yeah. I mean, it left a lot of people cold because like we said, they couldn't commit. They either needed to restart and say, this is where we're at now. Deal with it. Cry babies that are like the old continuity. We're bringing in new people. But they didn't. They went, okay, we'll make you happy and we'll make you happy and we'll specifically make you happy, which might make you unhappy. But you'll be happy when we do this, right? Are you distracted and happy? Like they just couldn't, <laughs> they were just pleasing too many masters and, you know, just lost in their own crap. So 
your discussion of the new 52, and we, we talked a little bit about this on Twitter, but your discussion of the new 52 definitely made me think more about Ultimate Marvel and yes. Earth 1610. And I feel like the new 52 and Ultimate Marvel made each other's mistakes in a way that I think if they had each taken a play from each other's playbook, I think they both might have been more successful. I think if Ultimate Marvel would have done what New 52 did, which was go all in rather than wanting to have their cake and eat it too, I think there would have been a potential for that to be somewhat a little bit more successful. But on the other side of it, I think um, DC uh, should have maybe pumped the brakes and brought it out a little bit more gradually and played more on the nostalgia rather than saying, the DC universe has been in existence for five years to try to compress all the past into five years. Just start over. Yeah. Just start with a clean yeah. one. You know, like, and as much as we, as much as none of us want to see the damn pearls again, I think where Ultimate Marvel did well was they redid the origins. Yeah. Update origins. Definitely. Yeah, yep. And I agree. And set the stage for the MCU as we know it, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That being said, going back and rereading some of the ultimate universe in the past uh, couple week or the past week or so. Uh, I agree with Tim Benson. Some of it's pretty rough to read. Oh That's yeah. Yeah, it, it oh, is. Uh, yeah. It, it really is. Uh, like I think Spider-Man's pretty decent, but yeah. it's uh, but Spider-Man is also like, it's in that time period where Bendis is uh, writing corks or mm. at like their quirkiest. Yeah. Yeah. And peak Bendis. Um, yes. yeah, yeah, peak Bendis. And also it was the era of decompression at Marvel where it's like, we have to fill a trade. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the thing that just kind of got to me. It was like, dear God, that took forever. Whoo, that, 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 that house had a long front porch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And, and really outside of Ultimate Spider-Man, the Ultimates started fun, went yeah. really, really bad pretty fast. Right. Ultimate yeah. X-Men had uh, like not a bad start but it didn't light the world on fire ultimate fantastic four was fine okay think about think about i i I thought ultimate fantastic four was a great concept that didn't deliver but the one thing that i did realize agree looking up the reading list that i did not know is that ultimate fantastic four brought us marvel zombies yeah it did that's true Yeah, ultimate 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 fantastic four i think like 21 yeah. Uh, is uh, the first appearance of Marvel Zombies. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Ultimate Ultimate Fantastic Four, I I agree. It's like a, it's a nice update. Like the concept of the updated origin is decent. Yeah. And uh, it also fails to deliver anything compelling, mm-hmm. uh, any compelling version of any classic villain, uh, I Except would say. For, uh, like, I their, their version of Victor Von, Von yeah. Doom is a joke. But um, I love the maker. The maker, yeah, you know, ultimate read as the maker is is pretty great. Um, but again, we're talking that's way down the line. That's yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's, that's, I think line. that's where I'm going to focus my reread now is because I did have a. There was a point where I fell off ultimate. And uh, like the ultimate universe, kind of ha- they relaunched a couple times because yeah. for a while it was like ultimate comics, ultimate right. Comics. Right. That's, that's where I think I'm going to start because I was yeah. looking at it, it's six hundred and. It's 699 issues. It's a lot. It was around for a a while. Yeah. I mean, like they really banked on it for a while there. I mean, the, like if we're, if we're calling uh, Jonathan Hickman's secret wars, the end of the ultimate universe, Mm -hmm. uh, like that was what 
2018 2016 i can't remember no oh no no it was earlier than that yeah, it was, it was maybe like that. it was 2012 maybe 2012 2014 uh because i was still at legend at the time that is my answer that is my answer of the week though my favorite retcon is hickman secret wars because it brought miles to the to the 616 fair okay wow secret I love wars my, was 2015 yeah yeah wow uh, I love I love Miles. Like if we were gonna if we were gonna ditch the Ultimate Universe, like Miles had to live, and yeah. uh, like at that point he was too important. And so mm-hmm. I, I love how they slotted him into the um, main Marvel Universe. And also for some reason, everybody he loves and cares for. Okay, <laughs> let me ask Which, you, you this: know, like is nice is nice, but also kind of weird. Hey, the universe, you're really being selective here. Let me ask right. you guys one other thing though, and and this is not to say that like. This is how you answer is ultimate Marvel good or bad, but is there any other thing? One other thing you would have liked to have seen come over from the ultimate Marvel universe besides miles, anything else? Well, the, the only other thing I would have looked well, one other thing that I can think of, I've already mentioned and it did the maker. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, I'll give you that, but I'm just saying, was there anything else that you think was so good that happened in the ultimate universe? That should have come over because I can't think of anything other than Miles. Well, there is one other thing, but it did also come over, and that was Jimmy Hudson. Jimmy. Oh, Hudson. right. Wolverine's oh, kid. Oh God, I forgot about Wolverine's kid, Jimmy. Yeah, blonde Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. And he and, and he and he came over temporarily. Yeah, I forgot That's about true. that. Um, I didn't like, need I, it. I did not I, need it. I am I am scratching, I am like searching the recesses of my mind wrinkles right i can't i can't Samuel really Jackson, Nick Fury. <laughs> but that i mean that's something that they they didn't do again, that again again retconned yeah. uh, nick fury's oh, yeah. kid like they didn't bring that character over no nope. i would like if that's the way they had done it i'd have been fine with it i would have been fine with that too and i agree yeah. samuel jackson is nick fury that wouldn't have bothered me and that would have made more sense than turns out Nick Fury (laughs) had a kid. He's also bald. He's also missing an eye, but he's black. He wasn't wasn't bald when he was introduced. Okay. Uh, He he lost an eye in the story where he was revealed to be Nick's kid. And then he started moving his head and growing a mustache. Um, but yeah, uh, million so one shot. Who would have thunk Frank, it? You know? uh, in the in the chat, Frank Cirillo jokes Cannibal Hulk, and so I'm gonna springboard oh, yeah. off that and uh, and say the idea that the Betty Banner is uh, uh, dating Freddie Prince Jr. and the Hulk's really mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, so uh, I'll keep you guys posted on some of the what I'm dubbing the uh, 1610 project. 1610 i love it let's do it i'd like yeah i would like to hear more just because i feel like i've erased that from my memory banks because it literally just went away and marvel's like we're done with it it's just gone don't worry about it except for a couple stories here the maker popped up in like venom like venom in donny cates's run went to the ultimate world and it was like a wasteland it's gone (laughs) jd do me a favor and send me and matt a facebook message about this uh off off air and because uh let's talk about it uh yeah planning planning something for the side i think this is fun but or or a show segment yeah definitely we're gonna keep moving here though jd we got some peeps in line to talk to but it's good to talk to you man well just a second real quick i just wanted to say uh i signed up for kelly thompson's Substack. oh you did all right yeah I, I I went in at the seven dollar level, so uh, I will be getting those comics, and I will let you know how they go. Cool and how they're awesome. And 
give you the inside scoop on how Substack comics work. Yeah, you can be Bad. our our Substack uh, lab rat. We love it. Our sub, our stu- our Substack ambassador. Yeah. All right, sounds good. We'll come Talk by, you- tap on his cage every once in a while, make sure he's still eating, fill up his water bottle, and check his Substack intake. See how it's going. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll change his Substack bedding. Yeah, uh, the Substack pine. You know, whatever. <laughs> Brian Domingos, I'm asking to unmute you, sir. I'm at least trying to. There he is. How are we today? Hey, hey now, what's going on? Hey now, hey now, what's happening? Oh, you know, just uh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Let's uh, talk retcons, huh? Yeah. Um, well, first, I, I have some answers for that, but the uh, I have listened to some of that Batman audio oh drama thing. Okay. So, I think there's a little bit of uh, comic news uh, telephone because it's not actually a comedy. Oh, really? It's, it's like, it's pretty straight. I mean, it's got funny, you know, I mean, they make jokes, but it's not like. But like Paul Shear and Bobby Moynihan, they are comedians. Well, right. And I think that this is where it's like, all people are writing stories about something they've never listened to. And they're just making a yeah, lot of Yeah, like this, this Newsarama like, article is like, this is a comedy podcast. Hey, Brian, like, something's going on with your mic. It sounds like it's like hitting something or like. There it is again. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I will, I will hold it differently. Better. Um, That's perfect. Thank you. Perfect. The, um, so it is directed and written by a guy who writes for SNL. Okay. Which I think is what propels the comedy thing. Um, and so he has written it, it really, it feels like it's, it's the weirdest thing. And it's like, cause it's, it's a podcast. They call it a, a, like an audio drama. It's basically a podcast, but it's on H on HBO max. So what I, I basically, I downloaded the episodes to my phone on the app and then I would just like listen to them as I'm like driving. So I'm like watching HBO max in my car, but listening to the audio, it's Weird. pretty strange. Huh. But, um, so yeah, the, 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 getting it to people is like, if, if it was like a, you know, I don't know I, I don't use stitcher, but like, you know, something like that, like this is like, they did the, the, mar- the, uh, the Wolverine thing, maybe it would have worked, but I guess right. they can do whatever they own HBO. Why not use it as much as they can? Like right, I'm hearing yeah. that it's, I'm reading that it's being described as a, uh, a podcast throwback to radio serials of yore. Like it's an old Batman radio show. It, yeah. Like this, this preview art has kind of like golden age looking versions of Catwoman okay, and, and Robin narrated by Chris yes. Parnell. Dennis McNicholas is the writer. Jeffrey Wright as Batman. Yeah, he's Batman. Okay. Oh, he's Batman. Um, okay, not Alfred. So he's like a growly Batman in that uh, um, Melissa Via Viva Via Senor, excuse me, who d- from SNL. She does all the impressions and stuff. She's Robin, um, and uh, it's just it's it's a weird like Ike Barinholtz plays Two Face, and he does two different voices for Two Face, and um, one of them's like you know clean cut, and the other one's sure. kind of you know. Yeah too facey right. so they're they're like these eight or nine minute uh segments and then it goes to the next thing and there's like audio commercials in between and they have like ray wise that um the guy from twin peaks doing like these weird love ray wise gotham based god i love yeah him. it's like it, it's kind of spooky and that like weird like you know it's like oh it's that guy doing that weird thing um and they'll do like ads for like ace chemical in the middle of these things and then <laughs> sure. it will go to the next sure. thing um and so like it is not must listen but it is you know they're half an hour things um they're fine you know i think a brit spiner is the joker which is sort of interesting that's fun um there's a lot so, of names on here like fred armison does a voice 
uh, who, man, there's a bunch of people attached to this, but the thing that I'm reading says it's not funny. Fred Armisen, Heidi Gardner, Seth Meyers, Keenan Thompson. There's a bunch of people involved in this. Yeah. They, so I think it's just people, the guy, like they're probably, you know, either people who want a quick paycheck um, or like, you know, I, I could do a Batman thing. That sounds fun. Or they're helping you know, their like, buddy. Like, yeah. That's the writer out. And he's like, Hey, yeah, come do this. And they're like, yeah, exactly. Right. This, this like, is the sort of thing where it's like Paul Shears involved. And I'm like, Oh, Paul Shears, a comic nerd. Right. So I can make, I like, I can, I can connect that dot, but then also Jeffrey Wright is odd. Yeah. Like he's, uh, it's so right. It's um, it's interesting. So, you know, I mean, but it is kind of like, like I put it on in my living room and I realized very quickly, I was like, I am not going to sit and watch a screen of like, and it's like a, an old fashioned radio with like sparks and stuff. It's like, it's not the most interesting thing to look at on your TV. Okay, so it's just like a screen. Um, so back up. Yeah, this is much. not a podcast. It's literally on HBO max. Yeah. That's the thing. You go to HBO and you pick the episode and it play. It's just audio with like a screensaver, basically. Um, so that is, dumb. it's very, it's kind of, yeah. So I said, what I is mean, the best way I could do this? So that's why I yeah. downloaded them and listened to it that way. And it's, um, that's also probably why we up. had no idea it was a thing, Joe. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but uh, like to Brian's point, I, I totally kind of, I, I totally get it. Like you have a, a streaming platform. Yeah. You're not going to like, I suppose like, it, it, it's a, a little bit silly that they didn't also like kick it up to iTunes or whatever. Right. But, yeah. uh, but you know, now watch the screensaver on HBO max. <laughs> they, they want people, they want people to go to HBO max. That's, I guess. Yeah. I mean, cause then app, you know, otherwise Apple gets a piece and Spotify gets an ad and all, you know, sure. it's like, yeah, why, yeah, why exactly. share? But this is by so, no right. means the dumbest thing that HBO max has done. So <laughs> like, um, this doesn't um, even um, make the, the top two Snyder <laughs> dumb things they've done. You know? a- HBO max sky's the limit. That's yeah. what we've learned. The sky's yeah, the limit. Uh, <laughs> streets, streets ahead with uh, yeah. HBO max. You want to watch um, something? We got something. <laughs> <laughs> right. here it is <laughs> yeah it's like content with a question mark yeah content. no problem <laughs> um, <laughs> so speaking of a uh, content that i loved uh that uh t- that titans episode where they go to like the afterworld um oh yeah that was great the afterlife it's uh tim drake and donna troy and um because tim drake dies in the episode before that although he doesn't but donna and donna died at the end of season two um they are in the like the afterworld and it's awesome like it's i want all donna all the time like i could it was such a breath of fresh air yeah like them bringing donna uh, like donna troy hawk and dove like to me those are bright spots in that show uh, where like i i could literally care less uh couldn't care less whenever like dick grayson or or beast boy or raven is on screen i had to stop like i love watching hawk and dove do their thing and i love donna troy and that episode was all Hawk and Donna and this new Tim, this version of Tim Drake running around the afterlife, uh, the, or like the, the bridge to the underworld. And, uh, it's, it was fantastic. It's also like the most comic booky thing that that show has done. And, uh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Like that whole, most of the episode is like in this weird black and white or kind of like very, very washed out, um, gray tones it's yeah it was fantastic i had to stop with the titans because the like you said the characters were just so petulant like i hate that dick grayson i hate him he sucks he's a jerk (laughs) and it's not like he's a bad actor i'm not like man they picked the wrong guy like the character as written 
is an asshole that I don't like on screen, you know? And like, that, yeah. that's supposed to be my Dick Grayson, who's one of my favorite comic book characters. I don't get it. It's true. Um, but yeah, Brian, you're totally right. That, like, that episode was really, really good. Yeah, and was, I would I would love it if Donna Troy was like full time back on the show. So talk retcons yeah, with she us. She is back. Like, spoilers. I guess she is back. Let's talk retcons. Um, what do you got? So there are um, the I I love the you know being a, a, a DC and, and legacy fan. The entirety of like the Starman series is just full of these yes. cute little yes you know two basically it's like an ongoing DC universe tune up. You know, and like Robinson's making these changes with the shade right. and he does like the nice, you know, oh, there's obviously various versions of Solomon Grundy, um, you know, all those things going through all, you know, little bits and pieces and, and, and merging all the, um, you know, the, like the, the spider and, 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 you know, all the, all the stuff that he did putting all these characters together, um, the, you know, the O'Hares and, and, you know, Tom Kellor from the sure. Legion of Superheroes, but mm-hmm. including the, the fact that. Uh, when they visit Superman's dad in in the future, or I guess in the past, in the past, yeah, so good because of their their weird time travel. They go back in time. It was so good. From like a you know they're in the Legion of Superheroes. They go backwards, but they go a little bit too far. Yeah, and they end up in like you know nineteen thirties, nineteen twenties, but they end up at Krypton when um, Jor El is like twenty, mm-hmm. and his dad is the ruler of the planet. And, um, and it's Jack and the mother box version of, um, Ted Knight. And if you don't know what that is, um, please go read the series. They have beautiful, yeah, uh, the, right. the, the compendiums out. And I don't even know that I'm going to un- unwrap my compendium. It's like sitting there and it's beautiful. Um, but it's, they go through this whole thing. And at the end of it, um, Ted gives the coordinates of earth to Jor-El. Yeah. And then that's where that's how Jorel knows where to send Kal-El when it's time. My my favorite, like that was my that was gonna be my answer as well for my favorite recon. Uh, but my favorite little piece of that recon, and it's such a tiny detail that if you are not somebody like Joe Patrick, uh, you would not notice. But there is a, a scene where Ted is giving Jorel the coordinates and he's like, here's a picture of Earth. And it's this dude, uh, this farm dude um, in a straw hat with his shirt off, raking hay with a pitchfork. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's Earth. Um, But if you look at Man of Steel number one from 1986, it's the exact same image that John Byrne drew when Jorel... When Jorel is showing Lara where they're sending Kal-El. Really? it's like, what the, they're savages. They don't even cover their skin, blah, blah, blah. What kind of life will he have? I mean, and obviously it's redrawn by Peter. They're savages. They're trying to rake hay with a pitchfork. And anybody well, who knows how a pitchfork <laughs> works knows that doesn't work. Well, not yet. Rake is the right, you know, I don't know what the word is. They're trying to pitchfork hay. And, um, Joe grew up and, on a farm. Uh, you could tell. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, like, so obviously that panel is redrawn by Peter Snedjbjerg. Yeah. But uh, uh, it, it's the same. It's the exact same 
panel. We're not making fun of Peter's uh, last name, by the way. He's got a no, hockey. It's, he's it's, got a hockey last name. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. sure. And uh, yeah, and and it, like I was blown away when I read that because I am, of course, a huge post crisis DC fan. I did not, catch and I that. immediately knew what that panel was, and I was like, "Good job, good job, guys." I love that yeah. Starman is absolutely like the reason Superman is on Earth. That is incredible. Love it. Yeah. I did not yeah. catch that panel. That is amazing yeah i i didn't know that either thank you joe that was uh that was nice um and i and it because it, it feeds into the story where jack and and uh clark talk at later yeah where yeah. he says oh you met my dad like and my grandfather like tell me everything and they talk and superman just has this like prideful look on his face and he's like yeah. in the sun and it's like you know it's so it's just so perfect it's like the smoothest landing you know, like this is, yeah. this is this hero's journey from this, this kind you know, punk who didn't want his dad's job to like, look what I, look what I've done. And, right. But also like, look how great your dad was, you know, like, it's not even about him. Like, no, it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, your dad, you know, he was, he was curious and he was adventurous and, you know, uh, and like all of those things that you want to know about your dad when he was young, you know, you don't want to hear about how your dad was a shithead. Right. Uh, right. When he was a teenager or, or in his twenties, and this is like, yeah, no, Jorel, like you, the Kents are not the only reason you grew up to be the way you are. It's yeah, like Jorel was that guy. Yeah, because before this, Jorel was a voice in Superman's head. Sometimes he was Marlon Brando. Yeah, more or less. right, like, exactly. <laughs> like he was a non, more basically yeah. a non-entity. <laughs> He's a mumble, a mumbly with a comb over. You, know? you will be the best <laughs> of them. You <laughs> The better purpose. <laughs> Brian, good to talk to you, man. We're gonna keep rolling one, here. One quick, my my least favorite recon is everything Chuck Austin did with Nightcrawler. Oh yeah, ah, oh yeah. God damn the it. Draco. Yes. Come on, yeah, nonsense. So straight bad. up nonsense. So bad, and like directly Awful. lifted from Scott Lobdell's like dog people story. He's like, oh, that is cool. I'm gonna do it with everybody oh, now. Jeff Loeb. Uh, yeah, pardon me, Jeff Loeb's dog people. Story. Well, but I I think that even came after though. It was yeah, dog people was after. Oh, I thought Austin. Yeah, way, way, way after, after that. No, really, no. Lobdell ripped off Austin. That's even yeah. worse. God, <laughs> his I, I, just like him. Sky's the limit. Yeah, he, there's no, there's no bad story he won't do. Oh yeah, no, right, um, including uh, Jimmy Hudson. I'll mention that one. Yeah, yeah right. Yes, yeah. again, Jimmy yep. Hudson. That's true. There he is. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. You have a good <laughs> one. Right, later, guys. You too. Bye, Brian. Frankie, get in here. How are you, man? How we doing? Hey guys, what's happening? How are we today? Uh, nothing much. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good. What I'm, are we uh, rapping about? Just, oh, well, you know, I wanted to answer the, I wanted to answer the question and um, talk a little bit about uh, what if this week, because I think they dropped, you know, they dropped the bill, they dropped a the big villain and they kind of pointed the way to the end. They did the thing. My, we, we've been waiting for them to yeah, do the thing did, and they did right, the thing. <laughs> right. They, they did it. Um, my, my favorite recon, redcon and Joe already said it was, John Burns, Superman, Man of Steel. And I, yeah. I, I think that's my favorite retcon for Superman because they took him from being this like all powerful. Oh, look, I got, I got laser vision. I got freeze vision. I got x-ray vision. I got to like making him a little bit more um, reasonable. You know, they, they, they took him down to, you know, a pre, I like, like 
probably a pre 1950s Superman when he wasn't as powerful. So let me ask so you they, two they Superman had, nerds this, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm going to show my ignorance here because I've read it, but I don't know why it is a retcon. I know that there was the uh, Alan Moore right. story, whatever happened to the man of so, tomorrow. I know that about has that. No, yeah, that has nothing to do with that. Uh, so uh, let me just um, clarify, uh, you know, not to, not to call out Frank specifically because I totally love oh. that, that as well. But, um, a retcon specifically is um, when a writer of a story in the present day uh, reaches back and adds something sure. to a oh. story from the past that changes things like uh, Jack Knight giving Jor-El the coordinates. To okay, her. so you're saying this isn't so much a retcon as it was. Um, oh, yeah, like oh, so this is more of a, a, reboot, okay. a reboot. Okay, a reboot. But uh, I mean, again, right, I, like, right. you're right though, Frank. I love, like, I, like, so. My question um, stands though. I don't understand why it is a, a reboot because like this wasn't the golden age when this happened and it certainly no wasn't. uh so uh pre-crisis superman uh the, the easiest way i think to um view the difference between pre-crisis and post-crisis superman other than the power level right is the fact that pre-crisis superman considered himself to be kal-el of krypton okay uh he uh, my name is kal-el right my friends call me cal um i have a fortress of solitude I consider Earth my home. He was also Clark but, Kent, though, right? But Clark Kent is a mask I wear. Okay, just a disguise. Um, like Clark, Clark Kent is a persona I adopt in order to fit in on Earth. Um, and but in my heart of hearts, I am Kal El, and that's where I most relate. Gotcha. Um, Post crisis, uh, Superman is much more human. Uh, up up to and including the John Byrne makes a specific point of saying that the rocket that brings Superman to earth, uh, that brings baby Kal-El to earth is not just a rocket ship. They took, um, this version of Krypton is very scientific and clinical. So, um, babies are, every baby is a test tube baby, right? So they've stolen the gestational pod where baby Kal-El is cooking. Okay. So literally like the, Half the tank or whatever that yeah they're, right they're the, cooking like, him in. The, like the fake uterus or right. whatever yeah. It, it, yeah. and and um they attached that to the rocket oh. and shoot it to earth so that when it opens for the first time on earth he's literally like tents, born he is born on earth okay um now that they would do away with that like they would later say oh he was a baby on krypton when they put him in there like he was literally an infant baby they set into the blanket yeah. you know just like the classic stuff sure sure but uh, john burns retcon is like <laughs> no superman is a superman thinks of himself as a man um he clark kent is who he is and superman is um his alter ego gotcha so that's the difference is that post-crisis superman consider thinks of himself as clark whereas pre-crisis superman thinks of himself as kal so he went from alien god to okay. dude more or less right, right. Well, uh, but yeah, and also yeah. like uh pre dude with lots of powers yeah post-crisis post-crisis superman is very depowered compared to his pre-crisis right right 
Um, he had all kinds of like, like whatever superpower he needed for that issue, like super ventriloquism. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they got it. And, you know, John Byrne went and kind of streamlined him and got rid of all the goofy, ridiculous superpowers that were like, really? Come on. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Um, like, like I remember like one of the one of the silliest things like people point to is like, here's a 10 ridiculous. Uh, the listicles are like, here's 10 dumb powers Superman has had that you didn't know about. And it's like he can shoot action figure sized duplicates of himself from his fingers like what? A ray gun. <laughs> and like I, it happens in one issue i don't know remember why he has this ability but like superman can like point his finger guns and shoot a tiny doll sized superman out of his finger to like it, do his dirty work and it moves around yeah, it's like a super, yeah, it's like a little, yeah, like little Ant-Man sized Superman. Oh my god, <laughs> I've, I've seen this before. Yeah, it's it's there was so many ridiculous things he could do, and there's there yeah, was I no mean it's like it was, it's like the it's like the dumb shit where like Batman has become a genie for a one issue. Right, Why right, right. we don't right. know, yeah. we have no right. clue. It doesn't matter. Yeah, gold, Golden <laughs> uh, Age was 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 crazy. It, it's yeah, <laughs> bonkers. Um, let's talk what if. So, let's talk what if. Right? Yeah. yeah, please. Yeah, all right. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So what if, man? I I, I loved it because. The, the, the that moment when Ultron just realizes and gains cosmic awareness, and he's like, "Wait a minute, there's somebody else with me here." That's great. And he's like, "Um, so yeah, yeah." And he turns around and he sees the Watcher, and he's like, "Oh no, fuck this! I'm breaking the I'm breaking this barrier." Well, but and the Watcher is right like through. narrating first, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> right. He's like, "Who's who's talking?" And the Watcher stops. Oh, that's great. The that Watcher stops narrating and sort of like squints his eyes, like is he hearing me? <laughs> like, uh, can we, can we just real quick stop and address the fact that the watcher spends his free time essentially recording a podcast about yeah, the multi more or less. Yeah. <laughs> I also loved that they yeah, didn't go the funny. obvious route. Cause it could have like, they could have just gone, Oh yeah. Infinity gauntlet Thanos. He's a, he's a problem again. Thanos shows up and is like, hello, Ultron, Ultron's oh. murder. <laughs> just cuts him in that half. That was great. It was like, just cuts him right in half. <laughs> Um, I, and I thought that was perfect because yeah. you know, he wanted to, he, he wanted to get rid of half the population. Yeah. So he cuts Ultron. Cuts, he, cuts yeah, he, uh, yeah. got rid of half Such, of Thanos. It was, it was so well done. It was so, you know, and, and I have a feeling that they're going to go back to that. They're going to go back to, um, the code and Armin Zola at some point in the next episode. Yeah. Because they never really resolved that. They didn't destroy right. the earth wasn't destroyed, you know, no. but you know, Scarlet Witch and Armanzola got out. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, it, it's really, it's gotten, it's gotten to a point where I, I feel like it's been, it's been so much, they, it was dark and it was fun. And now it's going to get a little bit dark again, but it'll be nice when they get back together. They're, they're going to, they're going to gather all these people together. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be a they, big heroic yeah, end, obviously. Yeah. Right. It's we're, we're getting like next week is the finale. And so we're, right. we're going to get the moment we've, we've all known is coming where it's captain Carter and right. T'Challa and probably mm, growth right. or the multiversal heroes save the multiverse evil, 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 Dr. Strange. Right. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, I think it's great. I think it's been really great. I think he's, I don't think he's evil, Doctor Strange. Well, I think yeah, he's but you cosmic know, I mean. Doctor Strange. I, think, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you he's mean. flawed. Like he, yeah. he's flawed, he, Doctor like, Strange. Yeah, he absorbed. Yeah. He like he, he 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 kept absorbing uh, higher level and higher level demons until he became like the king of all Doctor Stranges. Right, but um, but right. he's doing it because he wanted like, his baby back. You know, so he had like yeah, good right. Is uh, you know? um, uh, so um, that was great. 
quick, <laughs> quick aside. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love the idea of like the fixed points, right? Where it's like, um, like you can't, uh, and, and this has happened in lots of other time travel stories, but like the idea that like, there's no universe where this does not happen. Right. Um, mm. and, or like, and like Ra- Rachel has to die and that's just the way it is. Yeah. It's um, the anti back to the future. I saw Right. And I saw a video, um, of, a of a, uh, a young lady Marvel fan who's like, I just realized that in every single episode of what if, um, Tony Stark has died. Yeah. Which means that Tony, there is uh, like, uh, you can infer that the death of Tony Stark is a fixed point uh, in every universe. And there is no universe where Tony can live. Yeah. I suppose that's true Mm. because we have not seen any, any evidence that he's around. He was in one episode, but he dies. Right. Right. So, well, right, and like, I mean, you can also like, there's also like zombie Tony. So he's dead in that one. Yeah. And yeah. you like, so like, you can just like make that leap that in every universe we've seen, Tony Stark is not a factor. Right. And has that's to die. Because he can't like, for, mm. in order for the universe to live, Tony Stark must die. Um, Tony Cook and, says, so Tony Stark is Kenny. Tony Stark is Kenny. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I I'm with you, Frank. I thought this episode was tremendous. And uh, like mm-hmm. at, for, at first I was like, this guy that they've got is n- not even trying to sound like James Spader, which on the one hand is fine. On the other hand, I kind of found it distracting. Yeah. I wish but, I, I'm um, not saying you, yeah, you're not, you don't even need to call Spader, but like just run that voice through something, lower it. You know, I, I like yeah, the scary yeah, yeah. low. I was, old I was trying to, I was trying to see if he was trying to sound like James Spader and he wasn't. And, and I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that it was a good choice to not try to sound like James Spader because an impression of somebody like, I don't like the, whoever they're getting to play Tony Stark. I don't like the impression they're doing. Yeah. I don't like that. They're yeah, doing this. It's, it wasn't kind of right. off. You it's know, a, weird, oh, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a balancing act, right? Or like you've got, yeah. you get, like there's a, there's this guy, Ross Marquand. Um, mm. who is, uh, who he currently plays Aaron on the walking dead, uh, TV show. Um, uh, no spoilers. I don't know if he is still alive or not, but uh, he was Aaron on Ho- the walking dead. The last Spoiler. time I checked. something terrible happens to him, you know, it's a walking well, yeah, dead. Well, <laughs> um, but, um, he's also an accomplished voice actor Yeah, and, mm-hmm. um, he's the guy that they got to replace Hugo weaving as the voice of the red. Skull. Okay. He's freaking great job. He can do like anything. It's pretty yeah, scary. And so like, it's one thing when you've got a guy of that caliber and he can, he can uh, deliver a performance where you do not actually right. realize. This is not like Frank Caliendo, rich little comedy. Like yeah, the dude and it's like, can become well, someone's and it's like, And I want to, I want to also give yeah. credit to like Lake Bell, like famous TV actress, Lake Bell. Uh, played Scarlett Johansson, uh, played Black Widow in um, a couple of episodes. And mm-hmm. for the f- the first time she shows up as Black Widow, I did not realize it wasn't Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I didn't either. Casey, and, thought um, it, yeah, Casey I, told I, me it was. Great. Like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, uh, like on the other hand, uh, yeah, as Justin Robert Fletcher says, um, the, the actor, they do get the original actor and they are trying so hard to play their character, but only in voice. <laughs> and so it doesn't sound right. 
uh, Natalie, like Portman. Natalie Portman. I, I was like, that is uh, not right. Now. Too bad they couldn't get Portman. And, and I was like, oh, they did get Portman. <laughs> Weird. And, I, and, I, I, and so I think that other than like maybe Benedict Cumberbatch and Chadwick Boseman, I think the character that the guy that nailed it the best was freaking Chris Hemsworth, dude. Oh, yeah. That guy, oh, that yeah. guy played yeah. bro Thor like he was still playing live action Thor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, voice acting's even, hard. Even, it's very difficult. It, it right. is, There's a reason difficult. why a lot of famous people can't do it because that's just it's difficult. Yeah. Even listening to um, Loki, he didn't. I know it was. I know it was um, Tom Hiddleston, right. but it, it was a little like a bit of a higher register. It was yeah, a it's like yeah. It's a, there's something regular. a little bit off about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And it's like it's there's, a it's a shame that there isn't an entire industry of um, of people that they can hire to do this sort of work well, and what's really difficult yeah. about this though is it's not this isn't just like yeah, right. a marvel cartoon that's not what it is this is a no. mcu it's cartoon MCU, that is right. referencing these movie stars like if it was just marvel what if and they're like first episode what if alpha flight you know owned the seattle yeah, like, mariners if it was, if, it was, <laughs> if, it was <laughs> if it was like if it was like modok we wouldn't care right right it, it wouldn't make because any difference they're obviously well, not trying I, to make a serious i wanted to john ham as and like john ham as tony stark and modok was Perfect. I love yeah, that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I got it. I, I want. I want Patton Oswalt as Modok in live action. Oh yeah. I, really I want, want Patton, Patton, I want Patton Oswalt. Oswalt great. Uh, Patton Oswalt as Modok. Yeah. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um. But yeah, yeah I'm. I'm very excited for. I'm very excited for the finale. Um. Something that I appreciate. Um. That they did in this most recent episode. Uh. That drives me crazy in the live action mm. MCU is the idea that like. They've got the infinity gems. It's absolute power. There's no hope. Uh, he still has to snap his fucking fingers. Uh, and every time he does it, it hurts him. And um, also, uh, you can uh, hold your own in a fist fight with him, uh, Captain America. <laughs> and it's like, no, none of those things uh, should be accurate. Uh, and uh, you've got Ultron with the infinity gems and he is just like materializing drones. Right. Oh yeah. It was uh, like, he's he summoned, using them he's the way summoned, they should have been used. Like the dude, the dude is just doing it right? right. He's doing it the way you should do it. You like, there's no like actual physical yeah. component to using the infinity gauntlet using the infinity gauntlet doesn't burn you real bad. Uh, you know, it's just like, like you want to say that a human can't do it. Fine. Well, that's one thing. Now let, let me defend this real quick because I don't think I, I agree in the comics, the user infinity gauntlet and shit just happens, whatever. I think the thing that burned him really bad was the scale of the use of it. When it was like a, he was doing something on a universal scale, it was so powerful. That's what like hurt him and burned him and stuff like that. Because the stuff we see Ultron doing, all at the same he's time. not, yeah, he's not erasing half the life in the universe. He's just making a bunch of duplicates of himself and taking this over. And, you know, he's not yeah, doing that same you know, thing. You also see Thanos in, you know, use the Infinity Gauntlet to completely change um, all the Guardians of the Galaxy when he just does something. He doesn't yeah. have to snap his fingers. And he doesn't he's just even think doing about it. it. He just like melts right. them, you know. Or when he yeah, fights the right. Hulk, you know, like whatever, not a big deal. I mean, I guess, I, mean, I, guess I just, uh, it's, I have a, I have a similar, like, I have a similar complaint for a lot of powerful characters when they translate into other media where it's like, 
okay, like Superman as a character should not be having trouble lifting this car. Right. You know, yeah. or yeah, like he's Superman. Like, like we don't have to hear him grunt yeah. when he lifts up. Because later, okay. later he's going to catch an airplane, you know, and, right. and like if yeah. it was that yeah. hard to lift that bus. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. And, like, and that's and that's something that I appreciate about like the CW, and uh, is that like no, like it's fine if their powers are scaled back. That's fine. Yeah. That's reasonable. I uh, like, like, it's totally great. Um, but I also really love that uh, sometimes they embrace like Captain Marvel being so fucking powerful. Yeah, and it's like yeah, mm. okay, like we have a character that is on par with how she should be, um, and yet then we have. Um, Captain America fighting Thanos in a fist fight. Right. You know, uh, which uh, you know, it's well, like very, very yeah. silly. I mean, that, but that's uh, not to that say that Cap wouldn't willpower. run up and try and punch Thanos. Yeah, I fully believe right. Cap does no, that. I agree. But when he uh, does, yes. Thanos does not care. <laughs> it does not right. in the, in the yeah. No, in the comic book, what is he? He just like t- takes Captain America's legs away or something. Yeah. Crazy he, uh, like that. He brings or, up. Or, uh, he, he uses the, the stone of the of the floating platform they're on. And creates these like hands that grab Captain America. Right. By the okay, right, right. And then um, Captain America, undeterred, punches Thanos in the jaw. Thanos smacks uh, the uh, shield so hard that it shatters into a billion pieces. And then he like offhandedly, without even thinking, just like smacks Captain America to death while he's looking at something else. Yeah. And so oh, like, like it's literally nothing to him. Right. And yeah. um and I and uh anyway, I sorry, I got off on a weird tangent about how that's they, okay. But that's and, okay. and I also I also appreciate that they have to inject drama into it. You sure. can't just have Thanos yes. steamrolling over everybody without a fight. But no, that's not fun. Right. Um Frank, good to talk to you, man. Yeah. Oh before I go, oh go I ahead. say cosmic the cosmic long box episode that you just got just head out this week was great. I loved it. Thank you. Thank it you. Like, it was, was a like, really fun to, theme. It yeah. was. It was super fun. And I was like, I was like yelling stuff at the at the at the radio as I'm driving home because like like saying things back to you guys. But I'm like, <laughs> damn it, why can't I comment on this? <laughs> I love characters that are trapped in the suit though. It's the dumbest idea. Oh, I it's, love it's it. A great, it was such a great yeah. it was such a great show. I because like it. it should Thanks, always be a one. tragedy, but like these people that are right. cut that are caught in the suit, nine times out of ten, they're just like fuck. Yeah, I'm a superhero. <laughs> it's just like my, you can my never favorite... eat or touch anyone. Or, uh, you know? My my favorite takeaway from that episode is learning that the Marvel handbook got sick of people's shit and put in that the the, uh, the rhino has a poop flap. Yeah, and it's just like rhino's okay. got to eat, man. You know, it's, it's I mean, rhino's got to yeah. eat. And if he's Fine, eating, something's coming out the other end. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like he must have a really big bidet. I don't know. Uh, or they just hosing him off out back. I don't know. <laughs> like they do at the zoo. Just like there's rhinos at the zoo. Jimbo, how are you, man? Great. Um, let's. We got numbers. We got September numbers. Let's do it. Let's do okay, some numbers. So Toka, Tokyo Revengers, which just ended its first season, manga sales at three point nine million. Oh, it's way down, huh? That's too bad. Sounds like a failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the, uh, one one piece at two million at number two, and then uh, kaiju number eight uh, is only at seven hundred and seventy one thousand. What is kaiju number eight? I don't even know what that is. Okay, so kai- so uh, they're doing a lot of experiments and jump. So kaiju number eight is actually only web only, so it's not in the mag in the main magazine. Oh, so every Thursday you get kaiju number eight, and it is literally people fighting kaiju monsters. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah. Shoot, shoot uh, me a link to that. I want it. 
It's only if you still have the, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you. I don't know where to find this stuff. I'm, I'm an old man. And then like, and you can, I can wander right into like weird little girl panty comics so fast. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be here. <laughs> you know, like, uh. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, it's, I just, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's not, uh, let's see, uh, ret, retcons, retcons. We don't get a lot of retcons because the stories are usually kind of complete. Um, but the longer series will have retcons. So like one piece, the worst retcon it's a sub ability called hockey. So like why these really strong characters that know this ability don't use it early on. Now they're using it. Yeah. It kind of yeah. it happens. Uh, it's not, it's not awful. Uh, my favorite retcon though is dragon ball super. Cause in the original dragon ball comic or manga, you know, you get between the last two chapters is like 15 years. And then, Dragon Ball Super is taking place in these 15 years and it doesn't make any sense. Okay. So who cares? <laughs> was Dragon Ball care. Super the one that the, like the actual creator came back because he was like, the yeah. last Dragon Ball was so bad. We've got to do this. Right. So the last of uh, the American movie that he's like, wow, that can't be the last thing that comes out. So he makes a movie and they're like, yeah, we'll make a movie. Then it's like, oh my God, people love Dragon Ball. So then he kept writing stories. Okay. But it was the because movie. the American movie was such a piece of crap. Right. Okay. And, and you know, it's very American. Like, yeah, we don't care what you want to write. We'll right. write our own. We know what we're doing. It yeah. feels dumb shit. Like every time we get a hold of Godzilla or, you know, the Mighty Morphin Power, you know. Oh, yeah. 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 And we go, yeah, no, we got this. Don't worry. We'll make it. It's going to be Americanized and cool. Yeah. Bro. yeah. So, <laughs> like, so I guess, yeah, I guess that'd be a weird retcon. Like, he's like, I can't let this happen. And now it's, we've gone on and, you know, it's, it, it's enjoyable. It's not, you know, the best thing, but it's very enjoyable. Fair enough. Fair okay, enough. And then, and then I have one question for you guys. Okay. Yeah. The watcher, Bring it on. That, okay. We're going to what if, uh, is the watcher that strong? I, I never yes. got the impression. The watcher is, the watcher guys, is essentially, like, like, the, so the watcher is not like a space God, but the watcher works for space gods. Yeah. I mean, the watcher, the watcher is a cosmic, uh, is, uh, the is watcher. Universe, is, like, I, 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 I always assumed he was like one watcher in a universe. Is it uh, no. all universes? Uh, no. Uh, so uh, Uatu. There's uh, other watchers. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Uatu is the name of uh, this particular watcher, the guy that lives on the moon. Or Watu. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. Did they, has I, always ever, say, I always say Uatu because I think heard it's him, fun. Because he hasn't said his name in this. And I was like, finally, they're going to say his name and I'm going to hear that. <laughs> I hope they say his name. I hope they say his name. And it's going to blow everyone's mind when he goes, Yatu. And we're going to go, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. no, I'm not down with, I'm not down for that. Yeah, because for uh, years we've been going, Uatu. <laughs> Uatu. Um, so, uh, The Watcher. Uh, Joe Storytime. Uh, the Watchers are an ancient, uh, a, a, a race of ancient beings uh, from like, they are one of the earliest sentient races right. born into the universe. And um, due to reasons that are both too complicated uh, to explain, and also I don't know all the details, um, they have tasked themselves with recording uh, the events of the multiverse, and they have sworn an oath to not interfere. Theirs is to watch and record and not to intervene, not to guide or um, influence in any way. Um, they are vastly powerful. Um, so when you saw uh, the watcher in this episode, like trading cosmic blasts with Ultron, like, yeah, he can do that shit. Absolutely. Um, it's just that they don't do it as a rule. They yeah. don't do it. Typically. Well, uh, 
the watcher is not allowed to interfere until he interferes except all the for time. when he does <laughs> like uh, like like the like our our watcher quote unquote uatu who lives on the moon in the marvel comics and uh watches over the multiverse and narrates all the what ifs um he has a history of saying i can't interfere i can't do it oh Galactus is here. Hey, Johnny Storm, here's the ultimate nullifier. Constantly, yeah. He's like, well, I'm just going like, to speed dial Reed Richards real quick, but I'm not going to yeah, interfere with like, anything. Um, and so, yeah, he's, uh, and in fact, in the comics, he's gotten in trouble for it. Like the other watchers have called him out for his bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, uh, but yeah, so to, long story short, to answer your question, yes, the watcher is vastly powerful. Mm -hmm. Not nearly as powerful as a dude with all six infinities. Right. And not right. celestial powerful either. Like he works. No, he's kind of like, um, you know, if um, in the hierarchy of, of beings with cosmic powers, you've got like celestials, which are like king shit. Right. Uh, Galactus, who is like a primordial, you know, universal entity, whatever. And you've got like um, Eternals and Titans and stuff. Right? Yeah. But then you've got like a Galactus is powerful enough that he can also give his power to like normal ass dudes. And those dudes are so powerful that they could eat anybody's lunch in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Like any normal superhero in the Marvel like Universe. Silver Surfer, his heralds. Yeah. Yeah. I would. So I would say that like the Watcher is probably on par with like the Silver Surfer. Okay. Because you know? the only story that I know from the Watcher from listening to you guys is when he gets his eyes taken out. So. Oh, God. So to me, I just thought that he was just kind of a. Like no, why? Why would that be the one you picked, Jim? What was that? Because you guys, That's original sin. Oh, God. original sin. Yeah, where the yeah. watcher was blinded. That's right. Yeah, he forgot. got it. Yeah, they like the the orb. Uh, <laughs> I don't so, because it was a weird one. I it was so that. dumb. It was so dumb. Yeah, they yeah, the orb plucked one of his eyeballs out, yeah. and Nick, like Nick Fury killed him. And yeah, yeah that's why. That's why and the orb weird. was like running around with one of the watcher's eyes, right? Yeah. yeah so he yeah. like had all the, he had all this forbidden in cosmic knowledge and it was oh yeah. okay, okay uh, well, that's, yeah. that's the only one i can think of I, okay jonathan galliano wants to know what do the other watchers watch uh great question um i mean the multiverse is vast it's infinite so you know uatu is only viewing a small part and i would say that i would say uatu is probably the watcher of the 616 universe right and like the, the jim good to talk to you i muted you so we can do this off but yeah I, I, from what I understand, like the multiverse is a thing and Uatu is our 616 Marvel Universe watcher, but there is other, like there was an ultimate watcher who watched the ultimate Marvel U, you know, like they watch other multiversal places. Now in what if he's obviously watching the whole multiverse. So I don't yeah, know if it's different. Uh, so, right. Um, so here's the, Venn, here's kind of the Venn diagram of, of the more Marvel multiverse. Um, every what if is a different universe in the multiverse, right. but not every universe in the multiverse is a what if, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, like you have a, cause like you have a universe where like uh, my, my, my example of like a what if universe would be like, what if Spider-Man didn't marry Mary Jane or what if Captain America never got unthawed? Right. Um, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, what if things that we know happened didn't, but then also there is a universe 
in the Marvel multiverse where everybody is a talking animal. Right. And it's sort of like, you know, or Watu like, uh, yeah, uh, or however you want to yeah. say his name is reading an email from another watcher about what happened in his world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, like the way I've always thought of it is that Uatu is the watcher of, of the main Marvel universe and everything that spun, like all of the various um, possibilities that spun out from right. decisions made in the Marvel universe. And he's aware um, of other watchers watching other stuff too, but like they're busy was, watching. Right. So, but like there's probably like another watcher that's assigned to the spider ham universe. And Frank Schiller was right. The monitors are a cheap knockoff of the watchers. I could not agree more. Um, well, point of clarification, DC uh, when, monitors is what he's talking when about. When created the, there was only one monitor and he, it had nothing to do with him watching the multiverse, right. but yes, a, a, as they evolved into what they became. Yeah, I agree. Then there was an anti-monitor and then the anti-monitor died and Superboy put his pants on and started killing people. <laughs> Superboy put his pants on. Yeah, right. It was a whole thing. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Justin Robert Fletcher points out. Yeah. Uh, in that, uh, in that ending credits shot in, um, Oh no. Is it an end credits shot? It is. Uh, I think it's where, um, uh, it's where Yondu and rocket are traveling through all of the stargates in guardians Two. They uh, there's a quick scene yeah. where they pa they pass through a realm where Stan Lee is telling stories to three watchers. Yeah, it was great. Um, and yeah, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. cute. David Robbins, he popped in late. We'll we'll do a quick. Dave, how are you today, man? I'm doing all right, guys. Um, I have the answer. First of all, how are you guys? We're good. Doing well. We're doing well. well. Gotcha. I have a quick uh, convention report because I haven't talked to you guys since I got back from Gen Con. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. How was yeah, it? Yeah. Um, it was good. Um, so they. They were really enforcing the mask policy. Um, they threw a couple of people out of the convention for not having their masks worn properly um, during the show uh, in, in the exhibit hall, which is cool. Um, I actually like beat some guy who complained to me when I asked him to put his mask over uh, his nose when we were playing in a tournament. And I was like, OK, my goal now is to just oust you from this tournament. So good on you. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so that was fun. Um, they, they had, uh, protocols in place. They normally the convention center and the gaming hall is open 24 hours. They closed it every night at midnight till 6am for like cleaning and, and sanitizing. Yeah, you have to, which I would yeah. argue they should do regularly. even without a pandemic. Cause it gets pretty ripe in there, but you know, it does. It does. <laughs> um, the, the exhibit hall was noticeably smaller. Um, but that's to be expected. A lot of the big vendors were not there. Um, Asmodee, yeah. who now owns Z-Man Games and Fantasy Flight and uh, Days of Wonder and uh, Repos, they, like, they weren't there, uh, mainly because they're probably a European country or European company yeah. and not necessarily clear to come in yet. Absolutely not. Um, so there was that. Uh, USAopoly, um, that goes by the op now, was not, also not there. Um yeah. Yes. Uh, so the, like a lot of the bigger vendors were not there. So they, they kind of shortened the depth of the hall and it didn't go as many aisles, but, um, overall it was pretty good. Vendors were, were real good about it. And there were, uh, some craft vendors who normally would not get the call for Gen Con who have become friends of ours at other shows and said, yeah, we got to call on Monday uh, to see if we wanted the booth. They just needed peep. They need butts and booths. Basically they needed, they needed booths filled. There were a couple yeah. of empty ones. There were some, uh, a couple of vendors that last minute call for Monday. booth babes. You so know did, it it, did it feel like a con though? Or did it feel, yes. or was it just like noticeably sparse and like, why are we doing this? Um, well, it felt like a con. Um, quick note on Joe's comment: booth babes are not really a thing anymore. Good, um, I know. I didn't. I didn't think that because booth babes are yeah. gross. Yeah. Um, um, no, the the it felt like a con. 
Um, there were, you know, vendors selling games. There were demos that were happening. There were uh, not a ton of new releases um, just because shipping is a nightmare at the moment. Sure. Um, but uh, it felt like a con and it felt like Gen Con. Well, good. All of the things, all the things that happen at Gen Con that are expected. The, the card holla um, CCG charity uh, card towers that happened and they raised like 1600 bucks, a little bit low from normal uh, uh, like money raised for the, for the charity, but the event happened. Um, Show happened and, and tournaments and it, it was overall, it felt like Gen Con and it was good to be down there. Good. That's good news. I, and like, look, we all want conventions back. We absolutely do, but we got to do it right. You know, and if it's not time to do it, it's not time to do it. I'm glad they did it right. It sounds like I know New York Comic-Con is saying you have to have proof of vaccination. Good. Absolutely yes. should. And that should just, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for my mark of the beast. Call it whatever you want. But like, yep. I am ready to tell everyone, yes, I'm vaccinated. And here's my proof. You know, Agreed. It, it, Agreed. we, we got to do it right. And we got to take care of each other. If we want this stuff back and it's already in trouble, mind you, a lot of them are already in big trouble because they didn't do it for a couple of years and they haven't made any money. So we want this back. We got to do it right and take care. Yeah, of I'm, yeah we're planning to go to uh, the final Wizard World Chicago in a couple of weeks. Are you? Um, before they, yeah, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about that. I want to know what's going on there because I like I just I picture this like ghost town you know like tumbleweeds <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, i mean like uh, like frank frank just said in the chat like he keeps getting his email reminder to get his ticket for new york comic-con but he just doesn't feel safe i cannot imagine going to new york comic-con yeah, right now i know i just I know. can't i can't I do it even with everybody like, vaccinated even with everyone well, vaccinated, because yeah like you still well, gotta man, get like, to the comic-con you know, you, it's, well, it's, it's, it's not uh, like, I don't want to get on a soapbox here. I'm just going to make it brief, but like crowds, closely packed crowds vaccinated yeah. or not are still a terrible idea Yeah, because the vaccination is not a bulletproof vest. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's body armor. Yeah. But it's not going to stop COVID if it really gets in you. Yeah. I already found that out. We all got vaccinated, ran out, made out with strangers, had sex with bums. And now, and then here we are with the Delta variant, you know, like this is what happened. Yeah. And like, I, like I caught COVID after I got vaccinated. Like these things, like it's still, the shit is still real out there, man. Yeah. And so all of these people like, like it's, it's cons packing people in like sardines. Um, Disney, like, um, trying to force people to go back to theaters to enter, to enjoy their entertainment. Yeah. Like it's, it's these sorts of decisions. Like these are the reasons why things are going to get worse before they get better. Absolutely. Well, I, I agree with you. Like there's, there's a couple things. Number one, um, I'm getting those emails for New York as well because Repop, who owns uh, New York also owns C2E2 also yep. owns Emerald city. Uh, and They've, they implemented a thing that in order to get first access to autograph tickets and, and photo tickets, you have to be in their, like, um, their membership program in addition to buying a ticket to the con. Jesus. But I keep getting emails for New York saying, get your ticket, get your ticket, which means New York, which normally sells out in minutes, is not sold out. Oh, it's right. not sold out. It's definitely yeah, right. Yeah. Right. There, yeah. I mean, I'm also, getting emails too, and I've never even gone. They're making, <laughs> so. some, other, they're making some other suspect choices too. Um, obviously, C2B2 this year is scheduled for December, um, which I understand they had to push the, out of March, which was absolutely a smart thing to yeah. do. Yeah. But now, their their show for 2022 is scheduled for the weekend of like August 4th. Right. Which is Gen Con weekend. 
Yeah. Oh, I think why? every because everyone is fighting for space now because they yeah. had their space and they had their time. And these convention centers, and then they couldn't do it. Right? Even if we're not now that we're having conventions, everyone's like, book everything, book it all out. And so they're just fighting for whatever they can get. So yeah, now you're going to have a December and then August. Like that's two in almost oh, yeah. seven like, months. I mean, like six you, months. Uh, like, I mean, can you imagine like come like San Diego Comic Con? Uh, like there is nowhere else in that city to no, hold that. They, 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 they hold that. Thing. They literally can't do um, it anywhere else. But like I. This can't be right, but I feel like Comic-Con, the organization, might own the convention center, or at least they David, I'm going to mute you just because we got to get rolling, but it's good to talk to you, man. Uh, Yeah, David, thank you. Um, But, like, because I know that Comic-Con has never been in danger of losing their spot. They were uh, part of, like, the big, like, expansion and remodel that they did. Yeah. But can you imagine this happening to a convention like Comic-Con where... Uh, you know, it's just like, oops, you didn't reserve your convention time for two years. And now we've given it to, I don't know. I don't think they have to worry because of this. I mean, they're the biggest and they just said, we're canceled. We'll just do it next year. Whatever. Now, yeah. Reed Pop is trying to have shows this year and just forcing them in like December C2E2. Really? You're going to do it like yeah. like you're getting into the holidays and stuff and people are going to travel and go to C2E2 and then go home and then travel to go see their family. And like, I mean, it just it, they should have waited. They should have just waited. And said, we'll a, do it next I mean, like, like when you when you explain it like that, it um, in my mind, I immediately see the map of Earth at the end of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, where you see the spread of uh the virus uh, the, the the virus that takes out humanity right i don't know we'll see they're gonna try and have these cons and if they're not selling out maybe they shrink maybe they change maybe that day is over we don't know we're coming out of a weird spot and i think it will cons will be back in some form but maybe they're never like new york comic-con or san diego again i don't know we'll yeah see. and that's why i think the, like when like last year when they were uh when they came up with the idea to do these virtual conventions where they were live streaming panels and things like like that like i think that that's brilliant and i know that it's not exactly it's not the same and uh but it's something it's also a better way to get a get that out to way more people period than just right. the and, like, that, I, and i think that know. there's a business but i also think that there's a business model there where like totally if, uh, you know, Hall H, notoriously difficult to get into unless you had a ticket, unless you waited in line, uh, blah, blah, blah. But you could sell premium tickets to view the Hall H virtual sure. panel. Why not? You know, and like, yeah. like you can you can bring cons back in a way that people can enjoy and still be safe. Well, professional sports has figured out a way to do that. If only there was a model, you know, like it's not like you started showing well, football on TV and people stopped coming to the game, you know, <laughs> like, damn it. Some some <laughs> professional sports figured it out. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. Hey guys, it's Tony Madden calling in about What If, and I don't think I like it. Uh, it makes the MCU seem really small. Uh, all they're doing is remixing all the very limited ingredients that they've introduced to the MCU. Just like uh, Episode 7 when Thor had his party all across Earth and all we saw were characters we already knew. Why couldn't there be different things in there from Marvel Comics? I mean, I know it would have been a huge deal to introduce someone like the Shi'ar, but it just what if seems like 
whenever you're trying to make dinner at the end of the week and all you have are leftovers and you're trying to figure out how creative you can get. Plus, uh, this last episode, episode eight, spoilers. It just annoyed me because how was Ultron able to just suddenly breach reality? I know he had the Infinity Stones, but they don't work outside of your own universe. That's been a thing in the comics and with and in the, and in the MCU. So how did he suddenly have enough power to go toe-to-toe with the Watcher and cross universe? I mean, aren't there all different kinds of entities that are way, way magnitude uh, of power higher than he is? Like the, the Celestials? I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm kind of over the what if. It, it just, it seems very mechanically unsound from jump. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay, so Tony is not wrong. Uh, I, mean, I think he has got a very good point about yes. the Infinity Stones. Yeah, well, let's let's go in order here. We'll, we'll go in order that he brought it up. And I wanted to say, like, when this started, when What If started, you and I both said, this is fun, and it looks like it's going to be a good time. I do wish this was just a proper Marvel What If. So, yeah, like... Like he said, the Shire could show up or the X-Men are around or, you know, like Alpha yeah, Flight's there. I mean, like, so here's of course my, I want uh, that. Here's my counterpoint to that. And I'm not saying that it's good or right, but um, you are probably never going to see a major aspect of the Marvel Universe get introduced in something like this no and, and that's the that's and, the larger and point that's is the, that's the limit to, uh, that is the limit of this particular but that's the like, larger point of this is this is an mcu story this is not yeah. a marvel like but universe but they're also story. alternate universes so right. we're not gonna we're probably never going to see something like the shiar or uh the phoenix force or even um even something that's not like x-men related. and if they uh, do that it's going to be something complete like they'll call it like the marvel animated universe or like they will make right. a clear like, statement this is not connected to the mcu this story we're, yeah line, we, we're, we're just not we're, we're probably not going to see any of those like kind of major components no. of the marvel universe introduced via an alternate if, you, if you're going to enjoy this you know what if then you have to go into it with the mindset that this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What if that's just what it is? Yeah, I mean, but I, I too, I, de- I definitely appreciate where he's coming from. Like, I agree. Oh, it no, is the li- it's the limitation of the format, and and um, you know, you either you either roll with it or you don't. Um, so tell me, like, let's talk about what he brought up about the Infinity Stones. Yeah, so it's uh, it was established. Uh, not only has it already been established, it was established in the show immediately preceding this one uh in loki um the infinity stones are paperweights outside of their home universe right and uh or i mean uh, all right to be fair um we're not 100 percent certain uh where the tva is located it might not be within the bounds of a, of a, of a universe we're right? also, it might be like yeah so maybe in the that's, time stream or other dimensional somehow so maybe that's um, why they don't work there because it's yeah, out, outside so of something I, I, I guess um in the comics it's definitely been established that the infinity gems are not uh they don't work every universe has its own infinity gems um I don't know that it necessarily means that they are without power, but uh, again, that's, that's me just not knowing everything. Um, but I do think that if, if Marvel is sticking to the idea that the infinity stones uh, are no great shakes outside of their home reality, 
uh, Ultron should not have been able to win win that fight. Yeah. Um, so that's a very, very good point. And I think that maybe that boils down to um, somebody just didn't really explain things properly enough, just like the time travel stuff in Endgame. Where or it's like, well, what happens when Captain? Yeah. How come they were? How come they were so worried about um, offshoots and and whatever? And Captain America decided to stay behind and marry Peggy Carter. Uh, like, yeah, you know, it's they didn't explain it right. They wanted to and, get to a point where they can bring these characters back for a big fight with a big bad. This is how they're doing it. Yeah, it's true. There you go. It's true. And yeah, I. I uh, it's wrestling rules. Why is he mad at him? Because so, he's a bad guy. You know. <laughs> Sure. So if I were going to, if I were going to, if I were going to give a no prize explanation for why, um, Ultron's infinity stones work, but the ones in Loki didn't, it would be that because the TVA is not within the bounds of a universe. I agree. And for those of you who don't know what a no prize is universal back in the day, the no prize was whenever a fan came up with a reason why something happened that was either poorly explained or didn't quite make sense. It was why, why a mistake was not a mistake, right? They would send it in and be like, I think it's because of this. And then the writers then like Stan soapbox be like, you want a no prize son. And you would literally get an empty envelope. An empty envelope. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, And the, like, so the envelope would have all kinds of stamps on it. It Like your no prize is enclosed. Congratulations. There is no prize. Uh, So like the lesson here is that if you ever, if you got a, uh, a no prize from Marvel in the actual physical mail uh, in the seventies or eighties or before. I hope you didn't open it because that shit's an artifact. There you go. That's very, very, very cool. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm going to say it's because uh, the TVA is not located within the bounds of a material universe and yes. thus the infinity stones don't mean shit. There we go. All right, let's get into our answers. Retcons. Mine is very easy. Didn't have to think about it. It's Bucky. It's Bucky's retcon from yeah, the boy, Winter that's a Soldier. Good one. Yeah, I mean, that's like a good one. Because yeah. remember back in the day when we found out Bucky was coming back, and everybody went, "No, <laughs> stupid, absolutely dumb." Like the right. only person that stays dead is Bucky. Everybody else, even Uncle Ben, had like popped up before. You know? No, no. <laughs> Becky. Okay, so Bucky and, and Uncle Ben were the well, only two yeah, people that stayed dead. The rule was that Bucky and Uncle Ben are the only two that stayed dead. And then uh, they brought now the Winter Soldier back. Yeah. In the pages of Ed, why can't I say his name? Ed Brubaker. Thank you. Ed Brubaker's Captain America. And it was the best damn storyline. The Winter Soldier storyline is incredible. And it got us Bucky in the MCU that we all love. That retcon. Yeah, like now, now, my, now my cousin who, uh, like my cousin who has never given a shit about comics uh, as we were growing up, uh, she's like obsessed with with Bucky because he's because of the MCU. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like, uh, I, I, the winter soldier and that's when I hear, when I hear shit again, this is a whole different podcast, but when I hear shit, like, um, I made more money by making a cameo appearance in the movie than I did for actually creating the concept of the winter soldier. Um, uh, it pisses me off because the winter soldier is such a brilliant addition to the Marvel universe and the MCU that I cannot believe that its creators are not millionaires. It was so well handled too, because like it's, it's not a, it's by no means a new idea to bring back somebody who died. No, no. The character felt bad. Like they did the same shit with Jason Todd and you know what? Sure. It was handled so much better in the pages of Captain America than it was in the pages of Batman. The Batman Jason Todd shit fell flat, did nothing left us with a character that I don't particularly care about that can't decide if they're good or bad. Whereas Bucky 
went through a whole thing and Cap believed him in the entire time. And it was Cap's belief that brought him back and made him the character he is well, now. And, all, and, and also like, the Cosmic Cube. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That helped too. In the comics. <laughs> um, I, I, and I think like re- resurrections are one thing. Characters come back from the dead all the time. That doesn't make it a retcon. Um, what I think makes Bucky's uh, Bucky's return a truly great retcon is the idea that he's been around the entire time. Yeah, that's what was so great about it. He's been secretly skulking around the periphery of the Marvel Comics universe, assassinating people, um, guiding world events, getting frozen for five years at yeah, a time. He was coming a back. bad dude. And that's why he's only aged like 10 years and 70 years. And uh, I love it so much. And that is a great answer. What's yours? Um, my answer was going to be uh, Jack Knight being responsible for Superman coming to Earth. Um, and I was very quickly able to pick one on the fly. Not that I care about having a, a sharing an answer with a listener. It's an honor. Um, but if I were to come up with a different one, uh, I just recently reread Mark Wade and Mike Wilringo's run on Fantastic Four on the Marvel app. It's a great value. If you, I recommend you su- uh, subscribe to it. Um, Mark Wade, uh, in his original story, in the very first uh, issue of his uh, of his run, um, it's all about the Fantastic Four. Like sales are down. You know, like. The Fantastic Four, uh, they they fund their adventures. They fund their scientific advances through like merchandising and creator appearance, uh, like uh, um, appearance fees and what whatnot. You know, like they they live a celebrity lifestyle, and that enables them to like they're like the royal re- family. Yes. Well, but that also enables them to do to do a tremendous amount of good in the in the universe. Oh, you're right. Unlike um, the royal family, they actually right. do good. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, so they've hired this PR firm to kind of like shadow them and help them get back into the public's good graces. And uh, so the whole thing is like, why are the Fantastic Four like this? And um, uh, Reed is telling the he's recounting the story of their origin, right? And uh, later on, he is finishing the story uh, to his infant daughter at the time, Valeria. Um, And he reveals that uh, the reason why the Fantastic Four embraced a life of celebrity, uh, no secret identities, flashy costumes, you know, all the press, whatever, whatever, a huge building in Midtown Manhattan um, is because Reed knew that if they weren't given a reason uh if they if he could not make the public love them their lives would be ruined they'd be the x-men yeah right and so like basically reed pushed them into the, like he encouraged this he's like mr fantastic like who in their right minds would call themselves mr fantastic uh and so like he came up with this idea let's get famous so that they would be celebrated. They yeah. would be treated as heroes and they would be beloved and not shunned as freaks. Uh, and it was his way of kind of making amends for essentially ruining their lives um, with that rocket ride. Um, it, uh, and I love that idea so much. He revisited it and expanded it in his short story in uh, fantastic Four Thirty Five that I reviewed uh, last week. And um uh, it's just such a brilliant idea and a very Reed Richards thing to do. Um, a- another one that I was reminded of, Reed-centric. It's kind of like a, the opposite side of the coin. 
of this is from uh, my friend uh, had uh, Tim Benson actually um, just read um, X Men versus Fantastic Four uh, for the first time. That great miniseries from the eighties. Yeah, and in that miniseries, uh, it is basically revealed that Reed knew the rocket didn't have sufficient shielding. Yep. And he took him up anyway because he wanted to see what would happen. And I'm, I'm like paraphrasing it. It's uh, like, there's way more to it, but like basically Reed knew that their lives would be altered forever. Yeah. He just didn't know it would make Ben a monster. He just believed you know, it. Like, w- he believed it wouldn't kill them. He just didn't. Know right. Like he, uh, and so like he purposefully took them into that situation and, uh, and like, it was it's bad creepy it's shit bad. creepy shit. uh but yeah so i like i love that i love that like little humanizing a bit of um character development for reed where he's like yeah i made my friends famous so that their lives wouldn't be ruined i, I think it's awesome. so great that's a great one joe patrick hit them up with a new uh, question of the week i just came up with that's right you did um this is kind of inspired by our review our recent review of jeff smith's tukey and uh, paul chadwick's concrete we want to talk about your favorite double threats that's a writer a a writer slash artist uh so what's your favorite creator that does double duty on their creations and it doesn't have to be something like you know jeff smith who did like bone for a really long time like maybe it was a writer artist that did like man of steel john byrne wrote and drew that you know like sure totally counts they just have to be a double threat that did some stuff that they wrote and drew that you're into Sweet Tooth, you know, Jeff. Exactly, exactly. We'll get into it next week right here. Huge thanks to everybody that supports this show on Patreon. We have a Patreon special. It is Tales Too Terrible to Tell is making, well, once again, rearing its ugly head. And this time we are discussing Sin's Past, as promised earlier. You don't know what Sin's Past is. Uh, A couple episodes ago, we reported that Nick Spencer had retconned the retcon that was sin's past and sin's past was a story where norman osborne has sex with gwen stacy they have twins and those twins come a looking for spider-man <laughs> it's a whole, it's a whole thing. thing so please uh support this show and if you do we will reward you with crap like this thank you so much you guys and next wednesday we'll be back reviewing new comics and like we just said talking about jeff smith tukey for our thn take a look in a book club oh and hey don't forget like if you like this sort of engagement that you get here on cover to cover and like maybe you've never been able to be here live to chat with guys or to chat with us the uh there's a two-headed nerd facebook fan group yeah that was started not by us it was started by peeps that love the show Actual it's moderated fans <laughs> it's uh it's moderated by uh our buddy ethan our buddies ethan harrison and jimmy randall and they do a great job it's a great place we have a good time there talking about all manner of shit yeah and uh so if you want to just have this kind of experience uh every day just google to it a nerd fan group and you'll find us totally also we talk about all manner of comic books on this show and we have a section in our notes called required reading where you can see the list of the good stuff we mentioned we're not throwing the crap up there we're throwing the that's stuff. not true you always put the crap in there you always put the crap in sometimes there. sometimes i like the crap what do you think of that no that's not it you put every book we mentioned whether it's good or not and i don't believe that you that's like not it for true. one second i left out several today because we talked about some real stinkers but regardless Shh back here next saturday same thn time same thn channel but for now my name's matt bomb my name is joe patrick and it's the two-headed nerd signing off